0: Thursday, June 11th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by our tribe beat writer, Paul Hoynes. And, Paul, we, we have baseball stuff to talk about today. It's It's draft stuff, so it's nothing that's going to have an impact until about three to five years from now. But we have baseball stuff to talk about. The Indians took a shortstop out of high school in Arizona, Mount, uh, Mountain Point High School in Arizona, Carson Tucker, uh, six 6'2", 180-pound shortstop. He was their number 23 pick in the first round last night, and then they came back with the 36 uh, pick uh, overall, and it was in the competitive balance A round and took pitcher right-hander from Auburn, uh, Tanner Burns, and he will be the, the second pick of the night for the Indians. Uh, what did you think of the picks? What did you think of uh, uh, their explanation of the picks afterwards <laughs> and, uh, you know, what this does for the Indians moving forward?
1: I think they should just draft shortstops from now on, <laughs> Joe. The international, you know, sign the international guys, all shortstops, that's all they do anyways, and now just draft shortstops. Just get them, and then, then you could, if, if that's really the best player on the field, then you can just spread them out to, you know, the other eight positions.
0: Well, isn't that what everybody? I mean, eventually, all these guys were shortstops in, in at some point in their careers, right? When they yeah. played in, in from T-ball to Pee-wee, at some point, these guys were were recognized as the best players on the field at their age, and they had to have played shortstop at some point. So, yeah, <laughs> what's the what's the difference? Draft a, a shortstop, but uh, but this kid, you know, he does sort of have the the lineage, I guess. His older brother Cole. Was a twenty fourteen pick, uh, number twenty four overall by the Pirates, and he just made his major league debut last year. Uh, Cole Tucker played in fifty six games. You know, didn't light the world on fire, but looks like a solid prospect. Looks like somebody who who can grow into being a, a good major leaguer. And and obviously, it paid off with Carson. Uh, you know, he he developed over the last year from uh, you know a, a a junior who was you know what. Five eleven or so. He put on a couple of inches, added a couple of pounds, added some pop, and and this kid looks like a ball player.
1: Yeah, I'm still waiting for my growth spurt. I'm <laughs> growing the
0: wrong way though.
1: <laughs> this kid went what? Yeah, he one foot five five nine or five ten mm-hmm. one sixty to six one, six two, one eighty. one eighty. I mean that's that's a growth spurt. So yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and he's got good. You know, like you were saying, his brother brothers in the big leagues. His mom ran track. He's, I think. Uh, Scott Barnesby said his dad played pro ball, so you know the bloodlines are there, and uh, they certainly, you know, they're they're prepared if and when uh, Lindor leaves, they're going to have a lot of a lot of internal uh, choices to replace him.
0: Well, and and it was pointed out that this wasn't a move. Obviously, the the major league draft is a different animal than the NFL, the NBA, where you expect your top draft picks to come in and have an impact immediately. It rarely happens in baseball that that that's the case that you get a first round pick who you know is is either up pitching or, or playing on your major league team within a year of of his selection. Uh, he's he's going to be a project. There are some some you know deficiencies that they have to fix. Uh, I guess his lower half uh, in his swing, his lower body in his swing, you know, needs some adjustments, needs some fixing. But it, it, we we've seen because. He has that sort of foot in the door with his older brother Cole. He's had access to major league players. He he has a you know an attitude about him that he's he's quiet and reserved, but he knows what he needs to do. He always says the right things. He's he's in the right place. He has a little bit of of swagger at shortstop, a little bit of flair. Um, but and then when he gets in the cage, we've seen it. He's got the experience of all of these major league hitters and all these major league players, you know, in his ear. And it, it pays off. There's a, a huge difference between him and your your average, you know, high school shortstop who doesn't have access to a, a basically a major league hitting coach. Yeah, um, that's
1: – you can't say enough about that, Joe. You really can't, I don't think. Just being in that big league environment, it's like a, a major league player's kid, you know, that grows up in the clubhouse. How many times, you know, the Boones, Boone brothers, all those guys, uh, Sandy Alomar, Robbie Alomar, you know, it's it's – it becomes part of your life. And, you know, you see things and you get to, to talk to people, you get that experience that other, other players just don't get.
0: Right. And one of the things that that was sort of impressive about him uh, that, that jumped off the, uh, off the screen to me when I started looking, looking him up, uh, there's a video out there on Trevor Bauer's momentum uh, media platform where Trevor Bauer and Cam Hill and Logan Allen are out in the desert during this quarantine pitching live batting practice to some hitters and one of the hitters is Cole Tucker uh the the Pirates uh shortstop and so he brought his younger brother along to to hit against these guys and so here's this uh he's committed to Texas this uh you know high school prep project or, or prospect uh steps in against Logan Allen and hits a bomb to left field off of him and you tra- they, they tracked the ball they watched it on this this video they're hitting in the desert, so there's no uh, there's no fences or anything like this. But it's it, Cole Tucker said this is a kid who's who hangs around major leaguers and hangs with major leaguers at you know the tender age of eighteen. So it's it, it's impressive. He he he's definitely worthy of a number one pick. I don't think anybody should should question that. He didn't just get a number one pick because his brother got a number one pick. And it's funny his brother was a twenty four pick. He was a twenty-three pick, so yeah. you know. Anything, brother catching up? Anybody be competitive? Brother. Yeah, that's great. So, so yeah, I you know who who knows? Maybe in you know three, four, five years, you you see this kid up in the in the big leagues and, and getting a chance. But uh it's it's a process. It's definitely that
1: for sure, Joe. I mean, there's <laughs> that's why the the major league draft is so tough. You know. We're, why, you know, scouts, you really have to rely on your scouts because how do you project a kid from, you know, you see him now when he's 18 and four or five years later, what's he going to look like, you know? And, and you know, you watch, uh, you know, I guess the the the, the comp is you, you watch uh, Lindor. You know, it took him four, four and a half years to get to the big leagues. And, uh, you know, and he really never looked like the same. that I mean, defensively, he was fine, you know, as a minor leaguer, but he should—he certainly didn't look like the the hitter he's become in the minors. And uh, so you never really know when the well, switch flips, or if it—if it ever does.
0: Well, if the comp is Lindor, then I think the Indians, uh, you know, hit the jackpot again. <laughs> That's yeah. for sure. Uh, moving on to uh, Tanner Burns, the the number thirty six overall pick, their second pick of the night last night. Uh, this is a kid who, you know, we and I were talking before we started recording. Uh, really does look like he fits the mold of what the Indians were trying to do in that 2016 draft that produced Shane Bieber, Aaron Savali, Zach Plesac, and really, if you look at what's being said about Burns and and his physical makeup and and his pitch repertoire, he really does sort of remind you a lot of Aaron Savali uh, when he when he came out that. I know the, 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 the major league comp is Sonny is uh, Gray because of his size, but uh, I, I think just in looking at the attitude and everything Barnsby was saying about Burns, uh, his competitiveness and his, his willingness to learn and, and improve after each start, uh, this is a kid who, if, if they hit the nail on the head, could be up with the Indians in a much shorter time uh, and, and producing and making a difference in the, in the starting rotation.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that's a great uh, comparison to, uh, you know, maybe he falls in line with those that 2016 draft with those three pitchers. You know, he kind of fits that mold. He's probably maybe a little higher profile than those guys, don't you think? At at Auburn, you know, you really didn't Beaver, Savali. Yeah, definitely.
0: Like... You think about Beaver, Savali, and Plesek, those, those are guys that came from, you, you know, know Ball not, State. not real big programs. Ball yeah. State, Northeastern. And uh, UC, UC Santa Barbara. Yeah, where, right, right. Where, where it was Bieber. Uh, so, yeah, he doesn't come with the, the cachet, uh, or he comes with the cachet of, you know, SEC team, Auburn, big program, and has, has had a lot of success. And he's on the heels of Casey Mize, who was a teammate his freshman year. Casey Mize, the 2018 number one overall pick of the Tigers. Uh, you know, they were – they they put together a pretty good uh, combination that freshman year,
1: yeah. And so this is another arm to uh, you know add to the add to the 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 farm system and uh, add to the depth of the the Indians' rotation. And you know you kind of look at you know uh, you know we Carrasco you know is is, is a veteran guy. You know uh, uh, Clevenger's getting closer to free agency. We don't know what's going to happen there. So you got to add arms. You know, and and this is this is a good choice, I think. And, uh, he's had some arm problems, some shoulder problems. They seem to think he's okay. And, um, so we'll, we'll see, but, uh, it's a, it's an interesting choice. And, and, you know, the, the, the Indians are going to, these guys aren't coming cheap because what, uh, um uh, uh, Carson is what almost $3 million a uh, slot price. And I think, uh, you know uh, uh what's his face uh, Burn, uh Burns is going to be right around 2. Point, you know 2 somewhere over 2 million so 2.045 something like that
0: right i don't think either of them uh go over the 3 million mark in in their their slot value but you know combined it's it's about about a little more than 4 million for for the two of them
1: yeah so it, it'll be interesting to see if where they you know where they come in at over 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 or under the slot so we'll
0: see Right, and 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 also, you know, it, it gives them. It might take away from their ability to to sign those twenty thousand dollar guys, uh, you know, at the end of the draft on the uh, yeah. on the other side, if they if they use up too much of their their caps or their yeah their draft slot, uh, before then, uh, let's uh, let's jump into some audio from, um, the Indians' director of amateur scouting Scott Barnesby, who talked with the media last night after the draft uh, first two rounds or the first round was over uh, here's what Scott Barnsby had to tell us about uh, Carson Tucker and Tanner Burns
2: we felt as always we were prepared in the moment um, and you know extremely excited to add Carson the organization He's an athletic shortstop, uh, Mountain Point High School in Arizona. Uh, For us, it's an above-average offensive profile. Well above-average runner, Uh, really impressive tool set, Uh, hands, feet, actions to stay at shortstop, Uh, plenty of arm strength to stay there. Uh, So there is an awful lot to like. Uh, Pretty impressive bloodlines here. Uh, Older brother Cole was a first-round pick with the Pirates in 2014. And then dad played professional baseball. Uh, His mom ran track and field and played volleyball in college. So uh, Carson certainly picked up some of the athleticism. And uh, the other part, too, is just a really impressive all-around person, Uh, the makeup. We have a history with Carson, obviously, with his brother from a few years ago, uh, Ryan Perry, our scout in Arizona, uh, did an outstanding job developing a relationship with him and just really building that uh, from the ground up. And John Heurman, uh, one of our other scouts in in Arizona, also has a great relationship with the family. So honestly, I think that that played a big role. And as we got to the moment, uh, we felt really comfortable with not only Carson on the field, but also off the field. Uh, So that was really important for us. As we go into every draft, we there's really no target demographic. Uh, certainly best player available, and it has just played out that way. Um, there's certainly a few guys that, that we considered this pick uh, landed on Carson and, and couldn't be happier to have him. So, no, it was not the plan going in, uh, but as I mentioned before, our player development system does just such an incredible job with these guys uh, and making sure when they get in the organization they have – a foundation where they can be successful. So whether it's college or high school, we feel like we're prepared for that. And uh, with Carson, uh, that was no different. So no, it was not a targeted approach. We didn't know going in that we were going to end up with a high school player. Tanner's another player that we feel we have a lot of history with. Um, So we've seen him quite a bit since high school. Uh, Went to Auburn. He's been a mainstay in the rotation there for the last three years. Um, He's been a workhorse for them. Not only has he been a workhorse, he's an extreme competitor, uh, always takes the ball. And in terms of his stuff, he pitches comfortably, 92, 93. He's been up to 96. There's two different breaking balls. Both of them have the ability to miss bats. Um, So the on the field portion uh, is really important to us. And then Uh, C.T. Bradford, who's our scout in Alabama. C.T. actually played at Mississippi State, played for Butch Thompson, uh, who's the head coach at Auburn right now. Um, So we feel like we have a really good relationship, um, not only with the player, but with the school as well. Um, So there are a lot of things to like about Tanner. Some of the things that stand out, uh just an incredible growth mindset he is constantly after every outing uh heading into the coach's office talking trying to figure out how he can get better figuring out how he can improve specific pitches figuring out his attack plan so those things combined with his raw ability give us a lot of excitement for what Tanner is going to end up at, um, being for us at the major league level
0: all right paul uh barnsby you know really did seem excited didn't want to didn't want to get into the idea or uh uh, address the, uh, you know, fact that they had gone into the draft with a, maybe maybe a plan to draft a high school kid with that number one uh, first round pick of theirs as they have done the previous five years. Uh, I think you know we we pretty much had it figured out that they were going to do that, and and they stuck to their pattern. Uh, is that an economically driven decision? You know, I
1: still haven't got a really good handle on it because I mean, obviously. You know, you're paying close to three million dollars for this guy. You know, uh, you know, uh, with your, you know, the shortstop. Uh, so you're you're paying. You know, so I don't know if it's economically driven. Uh, you know, it's not like he's. And what they've eight of the last nine, I think, uh, or seven of the last eight number one picks have been high school players. And uh, you know, uh, Scott said it was. Scott Barnsby said it was most mostly a coincidence. But you know, after when, when, like 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 uh, like Gibbs on NCIS. What's he say? I don't believe in coincidences. So I, you know, I think that's a pattern right there. So you know, I, I think um, you know, there, there's there's got to be a reason. I, and I don't know if they just like the higher ceilings of these guys. You know, like if you look back, um, and the the three best draft picks I I've seen them make number one picks you know, are Lindor, our Manny Ramirez, and CeCe. And they were all high school kids. And But that covers a lot of ground, too. You know, that, that's over 30 years. But so maybe maybe they, they, they think they can hit it out of the park with a high school kid where a college, college player may be closer to his max when they draft him. And they know what they're going to get, but they're not going to get that extra, you know, that
0: extra boost. So, so that that would be your three uh your your top 3 Indians number 1 picks that you've ever ever seen yeah. them take was was Lindor you'd have him Lindor ranked number 1. Uh, well I I uh, probably have
1: Manny Manny would number 1. Maybe than Lindor. I just don't know. You know Lindor certainly is off to a great start but he's got he's got to put some uh distance on his uh baseball card
0: Yeah so you know just based on longevity of career and and, yeah. and really just raw talent I mean we we had never seen a, a hitter like Manny. Once oh. he developed, he he just.
1: Oh my he, God! He was un- like unbelievable. The best right-handed hitter the Indians have had in a long, long time, maybe in franchise history, and he should be in the Hall of Fame if he wasn't a knucklehead.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, all right, so that was last night's, uh, you know, first round of the draft. Tonight, the Indians come back with four more picks in the draft. Uh, we'll we'll see what direction they go uh, last year, it, it, it was a, a, a pretty even split in terms of college and, uh, and, and high school uh, players. This with the, the, the draft being so severely, you know, shortened and truncated this year. Uh, the, the thought is that you might see more college players go uh, early, at least in the first couple of rounds tonight, uh, as opposed to high school players. What are, you, what are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that that makes sense. Um, you know, if you know if you're looking for help right away, you know, if you're in this draft, guys that could maybe be up there in 2000 in 2 years or, you know, 2000 what 2003, maybe 2000 even 22, a couple two or three years, I think you'd probably lean uh, tw- more toward a a college pick. But it, it all depends where you are uh where you are in your window I guess your competitive window
0: right Uh, you know different franchises drift uh, draft for different needs and at different times so uh, certainly all right well the other uh, big news that that came out of yesterday was pre-draft the uh, commissioner came on and he was on ESPN he was on Major League Baseball Network and on in both instances he said Unequivocally, there will be baseball one hundred percent guaranteed there will be major league baseball at some point this summer. So we're we're at that point right now where it's just determining the number of games, and that's done by negotiation at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he's got the hammer, he can drop that that hammer and have a fifty game, whatever it is, forty-eight to for fifty game and season and implement that and the players get their full pro rated salaries over, you know, a much shorter period of time, which is probably, you know, I, I don't know how much more money they're going to make if they, you know, if you compare that to if they play 72 or an eight, you know, 72, 76 game season. So, I, you know, obviously this is coming to a head, Joe, and, and it can't get here fast enough.
0: Right. The, uh, the, the commissioner didn't commit to any sort of a deadline uh, in the negotiation process. He said we were committed to, he said the league is committed to, Uh, committed to the negotiation process. He didn't commit to a deadline, but there's really a shrinking window now because whatever the point is where they have to get guys into camp in order to have a 50-game season, that would be the deadline. And so really the players are working against themselves in that regard. Uh, The longer they hold out, the fewer games they're going to be able to play. Like you said, he has the hammer he can set the the schedule or the, the the number of games right now he could also set that schedule and set that number of games at 75 76 games right now he could do that yeah. as long as he pays them their prorated their full prorated salaries that's the part that that that's sort of the sticking part he wants and the league wants them to come off of that 100% of prorated pay
1: yeah and you know it's i mean it's, you know, Manfred, Rob Manfred is is a deal maker. You know, I think he would much rather prefer to uh, to reach an agreement with the players' association than enforce something. You know, he hasn't like if you look at his uh, track record. He's you know, him and Michael Weiner always were able to reach a deal on, on these on a basic agreement. Um, yeah, even in he hasn't forced the pitch clock in there with his, which is his right. You know he hasn't done that. He wants to make a deal with the players' association. So I think obviously you you want to you want to reach a deal just to create some goodwill until you know they start arguing again when the when the basic agreement expires on December first, two
0: thousand twenty one. And and that might be where we're heading is uh you know more, more of these sort of long drawn out negotiation tactics and process and all this it, this could go on for a long time after this this certainly sets up that whole process as being very uh you know not amicable uh, yeah it, it's going to be contentious
1: the players you know the players have lost ground there's no there's no doubt about it and i don't know how they make it up because they they've prospered by this system and now the system's kind of turned around and bit them and uh, how do you change the whole thing you know you and then that's that's going to be the fascinating thing at the end of the 2021
0: season. All right. Uh, I want to mention our on this date in Indians history, uh, June 11th, 1976. How how would you like it to be a, a player manager sitting in the dugout, managing your softball team or, managing, you know, any, any t- call your own number as a pinch hitter in the bottom of the 13th with two outs and you step up and you hit a walk-off two-run homer? I, I mean, that's <laughs> – that's what frank robinson did back 44 years ago man or 43 years ago uh just kind of crazy
1: that is kind of crazy he's i think he oh no who was the last player manager probably pete rose maybe
0: eh, probably yeah at yeah, least he the one of significance yeah
1: yeah and I, i'm just but it had to, robinson had to be right after before him i i think but yeah was that's
0: it? A, what 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 a great move wasn't mark grace didn't he or not mark, mark grace, grace. Or no, was Matt? Did Matt Williams?
1: No, I don't. Think, not not No, when he was he in managed. Arizona, yeah, he
0: wasn't playing. He wasn't.
1: So. Well, I'm, that, all right. Well, that's interesting. That's, that's I, a hell of a move. When you it, got yourself to as as in your own back pocket, you're 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 the best pinch hitter on the team or <laughs> the last resort.
0: <laughs> and 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 to to do it and and just know that you're you're going up there in a situation where it's like you're either going to lose the game or you're going to win the game that that's that was sort because the runner was on third base so he had to get the guy in to tie the tie the game at least uh i just thought it was a an interesting sort of note footnote to to pick up and and put in for for today's history
1: that is Uh, that's a great
0: one all right paul well we'll come back again uh tonight with more draft coverage and we'll find out what the indians are planning and you know maybe get some Maybe they'll draft somebody interesting. Maybe they'll draft a a, a player's kid or a, you know a, a two sport athlete or something. Who knows what what yeah. they'll see?
1: But usually we'll, we'll probably it, it that usually happens at like the fortieth pick, right, or the fiftieth, fortieth, or thirty eighth pick. Right. And you have forty rounds, and, and now you got just five. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. Or
2: somebody.
0: Somebody with a great got
1: all those twenty thousand dollar guys they could they could sign, but you can't sign those guys right away, right? You not gotta, until Sunday. Yeah, not, not until, until Sunday. Sunday.
0: Yeah, at least you can't announce them until Sunday. Yeah, uh, yeah. At least give me a guy with a, a good nickname. Last year they they drafted a guy named Thor. I don't even know if he's still in the system, but they had a guy whose nickname was Thor, and I, and, a, and a guy named Joey Bats. So I I think, you know, just give me two guys with good nicknames. That's what I want. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay.
0: All right. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.